leçon de Victor Charlie, c'est que la réponse à la bombe atomique n'est pas une autre bombe atomique, mais la plus ancienne forme de résistance humaine, la guerre de guérilla. Nous avons demandé à Fidel Castro, qui connaît passablement la question, de nous dire comment et pourquoi la guérilla doit gagner. Sur la question de si la lucha armada est l'unique chemin pour la libération, lo que puedo responder es que, por lo menos en las condiciones de nuestro país, no había otro camino. Y en nuestra opinión, en las condiciones de la inmensa mayoría de los países de América Latina, no hay otro camino que la lucha armada. Y esa parece ser la situación también en muchos otros países de Asia y de África. Por lo general siempre el imperialismo cuenta con todos los medios aliados con las oligarquías de cada uno de los países para impedir eh, el triunfo democrático de, de la revolución. Y tiene atado a los pueblos por una especie de nudo gordiano que solo se puede quebrar mediante la lucha armada. Además, el camino de la lucha armada no es el camino que hayan escogido los revolucionarios, sino es el camino que los opresores le han impuesto a los pueblos. Y los pueblos entonces tienen dos alternativas, o doblegarse o luchar. Hello, guys. Welcome to the 10th episode of the 1804. Um, today it'll be a shorter episode. I don't have much um, to cover today, uh, mainly... Uh, as you can see on the screen here, for those of you watching on YouTube, mainly um, Yuri Atosu's statement um, regarding the sanctions that was taken on him on November 4th by Canada and the U.S., as well as the North American summit between Canada, Mexico, and the U.S., and then what was discussed and what was not discussed um, during, during what they call the Three Amigos Summit. And as well as the advantages, one thing I want to cover, and one um, one thing that I'm involved and passionate about, but one um, mainly what are the advantages of Bitcoin, not just for the world, but mainly in Haiti, um, we'll be covering that as well. So I want to get started with uh, Yuri Latortue. Um, those of you who don't know, Yuri Latortue was one of the politicians, along with Joseph Lambert, that were hit with sanctions by Canada and the U.S. back on November 4th. Um, specifically, I'll get you their, um, the statement from the Treasury Board. Yeah, mainly, yeah, Joseph Lambert and Yuri Latortue have abused their official positions to, um, to traffic drugs and, co um, and collaborate with criminal gang networks to undermine the rule of law in Haiti, said said Undersecretary of the Treasury Board for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence, Brian E. Nelson. The United States and our international partners will continue to take action against those who facilitate drug trafficking, enable corruption, and seek to profit from instability in Haiti. Okay. So now he's addressing, and similar to what, um, if you guys watched episode 9, Laura Lamont went on Allo Sinata, another radio show, um, instead of doing a press conference, and he was denouncing um, the accusations or sanctions against him. So Yuri Latortu here is doing the same. However, um, he is um, alluding to different uh, different things. So let's take a look here. Les sanctions après 
date 4 novembre 2022. Nous avons dit premièrement à tout le monde qui a de nous, que ce soit en direct ou bien par la presse qui est présent, que moi-même personnellement, moi victime déjà de sanctions SAO en d'un pays. Côté en 2007, justement, au niveau de États-Unis, où tu dit qu'il y a une suspicion de sur nous et yo prend des décisions contre visa nous parce qu'il y a une suspicion. Et depuis le SAN, tu entamé une bataille qui t'a fait que trois ans après, au niveau de Wikileaks, nous t'ai ouais c'est Fritz Meuse, on est qui t'ai accaparé pour qu'on arrive là, qui t'ai alpoté plainte, qui t'ai al dénoncé dans l'ambassade américaine. So he's talking to about, about a dispute. Um, he's talking about sanctions that were taken on him back in 2005. Um, And he, um, that were apparently he was accused for the same things and drug trafficking, corruption, all that, which, by the way, there is also even in these sanctions, um, there is a U.N. report, um, credible report, not just by the U.N. report, but also um, sources of uh, that have um, published um, news articles. Um, he's accused of killing a priest uh, back in 1994 um, in Haiti as well which factored into these sanctions too um, but he's alluding here to fritz mevs Metz is one of the oligarchs of haiti um, um yeah fritz mevs one of the oligarchs the owner of port uh Varre, uh that same fuel port that if you guys remember it had a um well quote-unquote blockade but essentially was revolutionary leader um jimmy sherizier blockading it so trying to tax the oligarchs Um, for access so he can use that money to provide um, any type of health, anything that can help out the masses of Haiti. So he's talking about a dispute and he's saying that Fritz Mevs uh, at the time went to the U.S. embassy and accused him of um, drug trafficking, etc., which why which is why he had sanctions on him back in 2005. Uh, main, and he's saying that it's mainly because at the time in he's from Gonaïve where it's a, there's a port there. And he wanted, I guess, um, Fritz Mevs wanted um, access to the port or some type of ownership of the port. But uh, Yuri was saying he's disputing it because he wanted the port to be in the hands of the state. And today it's still, it's in the hands of the state. Um, but he's talking, that's where the dispute came from. Le 5 mai 2005, parce que le pas de payer pour qu'on arrive là, il me dit le payer. Et le Sahara, bataille a été faite jusqu'à ce que, mal devant tribunal, jusqu'à ce que toute famille t'ait dit que ça, monsieur, t'ait fait à pas bon, notable devant tribunal, il n'a gagné bataille là. Et monsieur t'a présenté, excuse-lui, parce que, lui connaît ça, le fait à pas de bon, c'est pour le décapare pour qu'on arrive là. Il faut nous rappeler, en passant, que pour ça, actuellement, le nom l'État, puisque, Bataille ça que nous avons fait là, c'était pour que l'État te récupère pour. Et le ça, nous venons arriver, nous voyons que pays comme les États-Unis te réévalué justement question sanction que vous avez contre nous. Eh bien, le 4 novembre 2022 vient arriver, nous venons retrouver nos situations 
côté international là vient annoncer encore sanction contre nous yo vinn par la presse nous apprendre ça puisque pas jamais signifier nous aucune décision immédiatement que question ça t'est venu nous te dit que c'est des sanctions politiques puisque nous connaissons ça t'est vivé déjà nous t'ai entreprendre plusieurs actions actions que nous entreprendre nous t'ai écrit pays États-Unis nous t'ai écrit pays Canada parce que nous t'ai parlé de façon générale pour nous demander qui ça que vous reprochez nous spécifiquement. So he's just saying here that um, he wrote to Canada and US asking exactly what the sanctions are, but um, specifically, um, but even in, we'll go back to the, the statement by the US, mainly for It shows here have abused their official positions to traffic drugs and collaborate with criminal and gang network to undermine the rule of law in Haiti. So if he's saying that, oh, like show me the proof in the sense that like what show me specific cases where I've done that, I get it. But the thing with Joseph, um, not Joseph Lambert, but Yuri Latortu, it's it's even through what I'll show you, even through old WikiLeaks reports, um, and through um former U.S. officials. He is known to be one of the most corrupt um, Haitian uh, politicians as well. So him coming up here doing a press conference is, like, and acting all innocent, I'm personally not buying it. Even if, um, um, like, I don't know how, I personally don't know how sanctions work in the sense that he also said that Canada or the U.S. didn't contact him directly, which I don't think that's a standard practice of um, when you're sanctioned that you get contacted um by the government directly but he's alluding to that and saying um it's political play because because he did not get contacted directly which i think is bullshit but coming from him it's it's, it's funny because you can go it's one of the politicians where you can go anywhere online really and find some type of um corruption story drug story on him or even mainly between 2000 and 2010 as well Um, so this is from, I just want to show you here. This is from the Canada Haiti Information Project. Um, but here, it's something about um, that same dispute with Fritz Mez, which this gives up uh, a bit more detail on it um, right here. So the U.S. Embassy treated La Tortue warily when he returned to Haiti in 2004. The first conflict they had with him was when he took up upon himself to tell some of the ex-soldiers in Cap Haitien who had taken part of in Guy Philippe's rebel force that they would be admitted into the HNP, or Haitian National Police. This raised a red flag for us and the rest of the international community and was a subject of the core group meeting March 12th, reported Sanderson's predecessor, Ambassador James Foley, in March 15th, in March 15, 2005 cable. The U.S. and its allies went to Prime Minister Gérard Latortue, who made clear this was not the case, pleasing them with his public knowledge that the HNP was not an automatic option for the ex-FADH. Two months later, a prominent member of Haiti's bourgeoisie businessman Fritz Mevs told the U.S. Embassy that Colombian drug traffickers were working with a small cabal of powerful and connected individuals, including Yuri Latortue to create a criminal enterprise that thrives on and generates instability, fully wrote in a May 27, 2005 cable. 
the ca- the cabal, which included Yuri, um, Yuri, Lato- Yuri was a small nexus of drug dealers and political insiders that control a network of dirty cops and gangs that were responsible for committing the kidnapping and murders. Which again, this story in terms of um, corrupt um, politicians corrupting cops and gangs, this is nothing new. That that's been publicly stated. Even in here, let me see. So in terms of his, um, he was alluding back to the this conflict being between Mevs and him about the port in Gonaive. And just this is, again, an old article, but just show you this control at the time over the port in Gonaive. The colleague liked Senator Latortue. Liked, likened Senator Latortu's authority in the port city of Gonaive to that of a drug mafia boss, the cable continued. He claimed that somewhat lethargic port and the drug and other contraband trafficking taking place there are completely under the senator's command. The port in Gonaive is largely controlled by the cannibal army gang, which faces persistent competition for, from two other gangs, the Caos and Jubil Blanc. Senator Latortue exerts influence over all three groups and is thus able to maintain sway over dealing in the port. Senator Latortue's other businesses in Gonaive include a nightclub and movie theater, both questionable legitimacy. So, just to show you in terms of the ports and the gangs he controls near that port, who knows? It doesn't go into the detail what that dispute was. If I'm alluding me personally, if it was not some type of... Um, control report it was definitely for some um drug running between him which has nothing to do with the um you statements but even between that that dispute seems like it was more than control and drug related because even um a story published by but, but, but let's see yeah the miami herald so how the DA let one of the Hades' biggest drug busts slip through its fingers. This is back in 2008. How, well, we'll see, I'll read the story here. The Panet, the, this is back in, yeah, sorry, not 2008, 2018. My apologies. The Panamanian flag cargo ship pulled into a privately owned Haitian port in broad daylight with a secret buried under a mountain of imported sugar. 700 to 800 kilos of cocaine and 300 kilos of heroin with an estimate U.S. street value of $100 million. When longshoremen started unloading the bags of sugar, they stumbled across the hidden stash and lawless free-for-all unfolded. Bags of drugs were grabbed by a host of people, including police officers who sped up the docks in cars with tinted windows, according to a Haiti police report obtained by the Miami Herald and confirmed by an agent with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA. By the time a squad of Haiti narcotics police officers arrived at the dock two hours later, most of the drugs were gone. The sugar boat hauled in April 2015 should have been exactly the kind of smuggling operation that the DA agents and Haiti's narcotics police were prepared to take down. But today, more than three years after the MV Manzanares docked at Terminal Varro, Port Institute Soleil, the only person behind bars is a low-level shoreman awaiting trial on drug smuggling charges. No one in no one in authority, neither Haiti's anti-drug policy or nor the DEA, has been held accountable for missing drugs on the sugar boat. Um, not only that, too, I'll look at uh, and keep in mind that port is owned by Mevs. It's the same dispute I was trying to have back in 2005 with Port uh, Gonaive. But what I want to show you here. 
So this is going down the, you guys can take a read if you want, what's going down the article here, but specifically I want to highlight the Haiti case seems to be grinding at a halt. A Haitian investigate, investigative judge who oversaw the Sugar Boat case dismissed most of the initial suspects, including the 13-year member of Manzara crew and one member of the prominent Mevs family, Jean-Fritz Bernard Mevs. So, basically, the suspect, one of the suspects, then again, happens to own the port. And it was the same thing that happened to, uh, I'll try and pull the article, um, who um, the owner of the port of Port Lafito, Biggio, there was drugs found there as well. And these are not nationalized ports. These are all private pies ports. So there's no um, necessarily any oversight um, by the government of what's going in and what's coming out of these ports, right? So this is from, again, 2018, and showing you here that there was drugs found in this port happened to be owned by the Mez family too, and they were, um, Fritz was a specific suspect in that as well. Marco Tanaka told the Herald he's innocent and deflected the accusation, saying that investigators aren't going after the real traffickers. The well-known businessman, even as he was under investigation in the Mez... Manzanera's case was appointed a Haiti goodwill ambassador by former president Michel Martelly. <laughs> That's crazy. So he was appointed by a goodwill ambassador by another corrupt politician, which just raises even more flags. Um, so we'll go back to the statement here. Adapt. Yo ba jam repon. Mais nous-mêmes, nous continuons à travailler. Et c'est notre travail, ça, qui fait que nous venons découvrir un document. Nous venons découvrir un livre qui est écrit et en anglais, Zombie Five, et en français, les dossiers zombies. Côté que, livre ça, Wadil te fait pour sénateur Yuri Latotu. De première page jusqu'à dernière page, c'est des accusations à ne plus finir contre moi-même. Et là, nous avons gardé, mais les violats, ni en français ni en anglais, mais arrêté sous question sanction, il a tout. Dossier, parce que nous avons toujours marché avec dossier. Je ne parler sans parler dossier. Nous parlons de livre là qui sorti en 2019 avec ça nous a dit eh bien décision qui prend aux États-Unis et au Canada ça nous est n'a privé celui d'aller ça nous est dans le livre là dans le livre auteur livre là sont on nom que nous avons eu Max Kell Max Kell ça très important même pour arriver c'est lui maman dossier eh bien ça nous est dans le livre ça en 2019 que le livre la sorti il dit livre la accusé il dit que Yuri la tortue a fait drogue avec pays Colombie so there was a book published called um, the zombie files gang drugs politics and voodoo under the mandate of the united nations publisher max kale but seller Bernd grabner the, um anyways this book i haven't read it but Essentially, um, um, the author alluded to Yara Tatsu being corrupted. This is a book published in 2019. 
Um, but then again, he's in the video, you'll see that he's saying that there's no, this is on the basis of no proof. Um, it's not uh, academically, uh, how you say, um, peer reviewed or academically reviewed. So it's not legitimate. Um, but I'll let him, I'll let him speak for himself. C'est ça, vous dites dans le livre là. Non, chapitre 9, page 147 et 148. C'est ça, vous dites dans le livre là. Eh bien, dans la sanction, vous prenez 4 novembre 2022, vous dites dans la décision que m'a fait droit avec le pays Colombie. C'est le premier bagage. Deuxième bagage. Vous dites dans le livre là, dans le chapitre 10, page 159, 164, 165, 167, 167, 168, que ma trafique les avec l'Afrique du Sud. Yo dit, Comment les définit? Il dit m'a fait trafic d'armes avec pays l'Afrique du Sud. Nous avons compté des armes qui étaient arrivées dans douane Bordeaux Prince. Pour qui ça au pas qu'un bien conteneur parce que pas bien courant. Nég qui t'a supervisé conteneur comme pas bien courant le pas supervisé. Il était voué l'aller comme ça. C'est pour montrer comment Max Kell Nég. Il dit qu'il écrit livre ça. C'est on voué monter puisque dans livre ça pas bien rien d'académique ni de prouvé. Troisième, ça y dit dans le livre là. So he's, he's saying, academic, it's not an academic book, um, per se. And he said there's nothing proven. Well, there's a lot of accusations. It's like, I know what he means. There's no proof. But if there's a lot of talks and this, um, and you've been involved in these this type of activity since 1994, you've built up enough report where people can actually speak on these types of accusations, regardless if they have concrete um, shown proof or not. Because it's there's been multiple articles and reports showing Yuri Latortu either in corruption, um, killings, which the mainly the killing of a priest back in 1994, which is well reported, and sources even explaining the events of what happened that night, um, as well as now today with the corruption case, um, as well. Sorry, not the corruption case, the sanctions against him, as well by the Canada and the United States. So him coming up here, really, it's honestly similar, I find, to Lama, but more um, trying to really save face. Um, in terms of the book that was published in 2019, he said he started doing, they started doing the research to build a case against the sanctions um, recently, which is why he saw the book recent, um, um, uh, recently. But this, pub, this book was published back in 2019. So he's alluding that, he's alluding to that, um, the accusations in there are false and they're not legitimate and he wants to pursue them. Well, it's been, we're 2023 now. It's been almost four years, depending what month the book um, Zombie Files was released. So I find it hard to believe the urgency, why the urgency now to come denounce these accusations is coming three months after sanctions when this book was published back in, 29, um, back in 2019. You had about three and a half years before um to 
essentially take action against what the book is claiming that you're doing wrong. And even then, there's a bunch of art. If that's if he has an issue with what the book is accusing him of, then he must he needs to go do a Google search of all the articles, um, not just articles, but um, reports posted about him and his name revolving in corruption and gang activity in Haiti as well. Fair participer dans la violence. Je dis, moi, t'as distribué ZAM en 2009 dans le livre là, oui, avec René Monplaisir. Tout le monde connaît que moi, t'es dans l'opposition avec le président Brival. Il n'y a aucun rapport entre moi-même et René Monplaisir. Je dis dans le livre là, t'as distribué ZAM. Dans le chapitre 11, page 169 et 175. Dans le chapitre 12, page 189 et 191. Alors que, je dis dans la décision sanction que moi-même me fais violence également non avec bandit dans le quartier populaire. Donc nous voyons exactement ça qui dit dans le livre là, je viens reprendre dans la décision So you see, he's saying basically what it's said in the book, that's he's alluding to that's how Canada and the US came to their um decisions so he's saying i think all these accusations are fabricated so me personally if i'm blue i'm looking at it complete waste of time um the fact that he didn't speak out at least lamotte said something like within um a reasonable amount of time he was basically quiet till now really really show his face um until now as well so i really doubt the um, the sense of urgency he has now to denounce these claims. Um, at the same, let's not be naive. Like who, like if you're accused of drug trafficking and all that, are you going to actually come out? And especially if you've been um, doing it for an X amount of years, are you going to randomly come out and say, yes, I'm guilty of doing this and that? When have you ever seen um, that happen in real life? Never. Nobody comes out and is, nobody has ever been like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but especially a politician, never seen him do something bad for X amount of years and come out publicly state, yes, it was me, I'm sorry, blah, blah. Um, completely false. Unless, then again, there's concrete proof where you can't completely deny it. One of the best examples, uh, Bill Clinton and the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Like, he had to come out and confess because he was taking too much heat and there was too, there was no way he was getting out of that. There's too much proof. And the media was on him. But regardless... Um, he's trying to save face here. I'll play the clip a bit more and I'll let you guys watch the rest on your own. Now continue. Livre ça li écrit par Max Kill. N'a pas gardé non, Noé M A X K I L. Qui fait d'après ça dit, on travaille dans la machine. Et la chose unique pour transporter droit la machine. Ça me se fait dans l'édition. Lui même qui fait propre livre li, li publié. Pas gagné également enregistrement droit d'auteur. Je dit pas de compagnie d'édition. Quoi de bas livre là? Ça nous est là. Il n'y a aucun rapport avec livre là. Quoi de bas là? Dans tout le monde qui écrit livre, c'est un somme d'informations qui peut mettre ou lier avec livre là. Pas gagné. Email que M. Météa, il va marcher. Et ou pas jouer une photo de lui. So he's. I'll let you guys watch the rest. 
Um, but he's basically trying to use this book that's been published to discredit, discrediting the book that was published in 2019 and alluding to that that's what the US and Canada used to sanction him, which are false accusations. So now he's basically saying, well, he did write a letter to the government of Canada in the US, but he's also going to pursue, um, trying to pursue the writers of the book. Monsieur connaît ces haïtiens nous et que nous pas joindre monsieur eh bien écrit livre là pour que l'y mette sur tout réseau Amazon la vanni alors que toute salle dit dans livre là son trac international mais nous va regarder beaucoup plus question puisque la novine Alfouyezo Nakalalou, nous est que Ben Grabner, qui écrit sous corruption dans les années 2015, 2016, 2017, monsieur, pas parlé du tout de Petro-Caribé, dossier d'affaires, un million de monde près la rue, t'as parlé de Petro-Caribé, monsieur, pas parlé de Petro-Caribé, monsieur, pas parlé de Dermalon, monsieur, pas parlé de Sophie Daï. Monsieur Papale de franchise. So he's saying the writer of the book, while talking about corruption between 2015-2017, never mentioned the Petro-Caribé uh, scandal. So I'll let you guys read the rest of the press conference. But honestly, um, mainly trying to save face, in my opinion. Um, the book that he, it's, he's not, he's been, he's known to be a savvy politician. So the book that he's using to try to allude to fake claims, I think it's smart. Um, however, um, when you look at the sanctions, I doubt that um, the U.S. or Canada used this book, which I'm not not um, minimizing the book whatsoever at all. But I've never um, doesn't seem like it's a popular book. I've never heard of it personally. Um, even the author, these are not like um, the seller. I don't think this is the only book he's ever written. Um, so. All right. Next, I want to take a look at is um, the North American Leader Summit. Honestly, um, both um, the U.S. and Canada, U.S. officials said there would be a discussion about um, Haiti. Um, honestly, so far, as of um, January 11th, um, nothing much discussed um, from the official statement from the Prime Minister's Office of Canada. But I'll read here. Obviously, you guys can see it highlighted for the viewers. You can see it highlighted here, but I'll read the paragraph. The leaders address globally and regionally stability issues such as Iran, China, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, as well as the hemispheric hotspots such as Haiti, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Cuba. The prime minister stressed the importance of international cooperation in supporting a robust Haitian-led solution to the political, security, and humanitarian crisis. Man. They keep alluding to this. They didn't mention cholera, but they keep alluding to this humanitarian crisis. Cholera has always been in Haiti, um, mainly because some of the, especially the uh, poor neighborhoods, there's not any um, sanitary system or it's no cl um, cleanliness there too. Um, the prime minister discussed extending additional support to Haiti with the U.S. and Mexico, including the increase of humanitarian aid. 
impose sanctions, strengthen the Haitian National Police, and weaken uh, disabled Haiti's criminal gangs and those who support them. Today, Canada delivered two Haitian-purchased, mine-resistant, ambush-protected vehicles to the Haitian National Police to assist them in res restoring peace and security. So, um, looks like the so there was three armored trucks given by Canada and U.S. Um, um, late last year, 2022. Looks like Canada gave, um, delivered two other um, armored vehicles to the Haitian National Police as well. So we'll see how it goes. Nothing much really on this for now to, uh, as of today. Um, we'll see if there's any more that comes out of this the discussion. I'm actually not sure if the North American summit, is it one day or is it a whole week? Let me double check that right now. I don't know. It's a couple of days. Nine and ten. All right. Next up I want to talk about is, um, well, Bitcoin mainly. So I'll give you the Investopedia definition. I'll get into the point I want to make here. So what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, a virtual currency designed to act as money and a form of payment outside of control of any one person, group, or entity, thus removing the need for third-party involvement in financial transactions. It is rewarded to blockchain miners for the work done by verified transactions and can be purchased on several exchanges. Um, Bitcoin was introduced to the public in 2009 by an anonymous developer or group of de developers using the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. So why am I bringing up Bitcoin? Well, me personally, been in the cryptocurrency space for about a year and a half, uh, two years. Um, specifically, Bitcoin, um, the concept of it. Um, now, when you're looking at um, Haiti's economy, um, so look what you're looking at here is the Haitian gold, so the HTG, the currency compared to the Canadian dollar. And as you can see now, um, basically, one Canadian dollar is worth approximately 0 0.009 cents. So zero cents. It's basically worthless in, um, so sorry. One Canadian dollar is about, uh, the equivalent to one Canadian dollar is nothing in Haiti, essentially. So even over this, based on this chart, um, the Haitian Gould compared to Canadian dollar over the course of five years, has actually been depreciating and you can do the same thing with um, the US dollar where if you looked at it pegged, although the US dollar has been depreciating too, it's been at a faster rate. And if you look at the five year, um, uh, look at a five year uh, period um, compared to the US dollar, the HTG has depreciated by 55% more than half of its value and compared to the Canadian dollar, just slightly stronger, it's depreciated by 72%. Um, oh, sorry. Over the course of five years, depreciated by 52.56% compared to the Canadian, um, um, as opposed to, no, sorry, pegged uh, to the Canadian dollar as well. So by your money, so if you're Haitian and you're owning um, Haitian gold, um, by default, your money is depreciating um, mainly because 
um, with also with the exception of inflation as well, which we'll get into. So with your money depreciating, it means that you have less money in your hands. So for example, if I made, if you made 10 Haitian goulds and depreciated by 10%, well, the same Haitian gold the next day is like, let's say depreciated the next day. Well, it's really $9. That same value really that you had is really worth $9 on the market. So in terms of um, um, the, the, the value of the, of the money that you're holding, it doesn't help it for a month. Like, for example, the main, a lot of Haitians that are holding Haitian gold, the money, like, for example, if you held a thousand dollars, that thousand dollars based on 52% is worth roughly about $600, $500 today, essentially. So the money depreciated a lot. And that's just not in Haiti. That's all around the world, but more proponent in countries uh, like Haiti. Now, why um, Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin is a transactional. It's um, it's a digital, like I said, it's a virtual currency um, access accessible to anyone. Um, unlike where the, our monetary financial system um, the government can print out money and depending how much money they can print out. And once it gets print out, it uh, it can devalue the money of everyone else that's holding the same currency. Um, and reason for that, it can do that is if you print out a bunch of money to pay debt, then there's a bunch of money out in circulation in the economy. And naturally what that does in the economy is it depreciates the value of everyone's um, cash in hand. Um so one thing with Bitcoin, there's limited amount where there's about in terms of the, um, the in terms of once it's um, all the coins are created, there'll be about 21 million coins available. So even if everyone in the world want to own one Bitcoin as of now, like one full Bitcoin, it's impossible because there's only 21 million dollars, 21 million Bitcoins in the world. However, um, you can buy it in fractions. So not necessarily like, let's see if I go. Look at the Bitcoin price. Canadian in Canadian, it's about twenty-four thousand um, dollars. Well, you can buy fractions of Bitcoin, which are available through cryptocurrency exchanges such as Coinbase, um, Andax, if you're in Canada. Um, so essentially, you can buy fractions. You can buy twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin, thirty dollars worth of Bitcoin. So same case here for Haitians. Um, Haiti, like if you, all you need really is a bank account, uh, a debit card. If you have, if you can get that mainly debit card and bank account, and then you can purchase Bitcoin. Now, why purchase Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin right now is worth $24,000. And it's also one, it's also a good hedge against inflation in the sense that it's an asset that's volatile. You can see here. Um, let me just go in a six month period or even let's go a year. Okay, let's go five year period. So November 12, 2021, Bitcoin was trading at $80,000. Now it's worth 24,000. So it's definitely a volatile asset, but it's a very good hedge against inflation. Um, if you do hold, um, if you do hold uh, Bitcoin and then sell it afterwards, so how would you access Bitcoin and buy it? Um, there's um, a bunch of American cryptocurrency exchanges that you can make an account with. Similar to making an account for Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you make your account, 
put your debit card um, information inside. And then once you do that, you'll get access to buy other cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum. But I want to focus mainly on Bitcoin for today. Um, so in terms of a hedge against inflation and protecting your, your wealth, um, Bitcoin is a good asset, especially if you, um, especially for mainly Haitian citizens. And when I'm talking about Haitian citizens, I'm talking about the mass population, the one, the 80%, um, not, I'm not even talking, um, well, we're talking more lower middle class and the people that are going to maybe, uh, mainly the working class in Haiti. Um, really, cause all you need to access this is a phone and internet and a bank account. Um, the rest, once you have that, you're fine. So internet, smartphone, bank account, you can access it. Cause one thing too, I'm not a, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial, uh, advisor or anything, but it's very difficult to build wealth through just saving your money. Whereas mainly when you when you try to build wealth, you want to put into assets that appreciate over time. Um, so investing, buying a house or assets, for example, like, uh, like Bitcoin. Um, so Bitcoin, like I want to show you very volatile, but you can see when it does trade and people are buying it, um, and it's trading actively, it can go up to 72,000, which is a great hedge and protection against inflation. If you're living in Haiti, um, cause even in Haiti right now, Inflation is, as of October 2022, is about 47.2%, which is, if you compare it to inflation in Canada, let's see the numbers here. Give me one second. I just want to pull up the numbers. seven percent that's what it was around 2022 for canada so seven percent inflation whereas maybe say facing 42 47 percent um inflation okay so it's a good hedge against inflation and investment asset and one thing that's good too it's one of the few assets where you can convert it from asset to cash and cash to access to asset quickly for example a house is an asset a car is an asset. Um, you can sell a car pretty quickly. When we're talking about an appreciated asset, like a house, for example, um, it takes a while before that transaction is done and you get your cash in hand. Whereas Bitcoin, you can literally buy it. You can put your money, your Haitian gold, um, convert it to US dollars if you have to, buy the Bitcoin in US dollars. And if you want to um, sell your Bitcoin, in us dollars it'll give you us dollars back for the value and then from us dollars you can convert it to haitian gold so if you're if you bought let's say for example you bought bitcoin at ten dollars and then a month later it appreciates at forty dollars you can sell it and then get your thirty dollar profit that way or you can keep it and let it appreciate depending whatever you want to do but it's a great way in terms of store of value and it's very accessible as long as you have internet and a phone and obviously a, uh, a bank account as well, but it's very accessible in that sense and also transaction speed. So in terms of sending money in and out of the country, um, a lot of people send you, um, from Canada, us, wherever in the diaspora sends money to Haiti. Um, when you're using like Western union, there's like a hefty fee, depending how much money it is. 
um, the Bitcoin transaction fee, it can lit be literally as three dollars because it's a network fee that's used. And when it's and I can get to a technical to the technical side another day, but essentially it's 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 cheap to send money um, through the Bitcoin network. It can be as little as five dollars and you can be sending like 100, 200, 300 dollars and the fees are nothing compared to what you'd be paying at Western Union to the point where they're not even noticeable. So in terms of sending money in and out of the country, um, it is definitely um, you would be saving trans um, money in terms of transact um, the transaction fees as well. Um, the speed of sending money as well, um, depending on the amount, it's within um, the blockchain speed, I believe, updates every I could be wrong every 10 minutes. And if it's not every 10 minutes, every half hour. Um, but now you're guaranteed that money um, from wherever around the world would be sent to whoever's holding that account um, within an hour or so. So sending money is not wouldn't be, be even taking that long. Um, really. Um, so mainly you want to bring that up because it's a good, I believe it's a good hedge for inflation and for young um, Haitians as well. If they want to get into investing and kind of have um, hold assets, um, this is the one that's the easiest to hold. If you don't have a lot, it's one of the assets where you can hold, where you can start off with five, $10, you can leave it there and it can appreciate um, especially with Haiti, there's not really, um, it's like you need to go invest in, uh, bonds and stocks through the exchange there. Um, if you want any access to, um, trading, you'd have to go any, and through the U S exchange, obviously, or any type of U S platforms, um, banks like Citibank, for example, that still operates down there. Um, so in terms of, um, a great hedge for inflation and protecting your, uh, money, um, not only for Haiti, but for anyone in the similar situation, but um, especially in Haiti, the since the money, the, the currency is depreciated at such a high rate, um, people are just losing their money, just holding it without even spending it as well. Um, Bitcoin offers an alternative um, to kind of protect yourself against inflation and also build wealth and some type of wealth that's accessible and um for example, if you didn't, maybe they don't have the means to go buy a house or um, maybe start a business right away, but um, putting their money with a five, 10 gold or the equivalent of five, 10 golds of US to Bitcoin um, can help out a fam, um, help feed a family um, that way as well, especially considering the fact that um, it's an, it is a volatile asset. And again, I'm not a financial advisor, um, but if you look at it, um, Someone that had, let's say, I'll take a Haitian, like let's say a Haitian that had bought, let's just say, for example, um, one Bitcoin. And then again, you can buy fractions of it. So it doesn't have to be a whole Bitcoin. It can be $10 worth of it, $20 worth of it. It'll still appreciate, appreciate, depending how the market is going. But let's say someone back in October 9th, 2020, bought a Bitcoin for about $14,800. And sold it in April 9th, 2021. That same Bitcoin would be worth $74,000. So that's a very, very big profit um, from if you had bought it at that time. Um, but not saying this is a, a quick uh, get rich quick scheme, but mainly I'm using this trying to show you that you can use this to hedge against inflation and um, try and build wealth. Um, with um, these types of assets as well.
So thank you for tuning in, guys. And please, when you do get the chance, um, shameless plug here, please go follow the 1804 podcast um, at the bottom here. It's the 1804 official um, at the 1804 podcast. I'll post it when I have um, mainly post anything um, cool content. Anything regarding Latin America, uh, um, Latin America and the Caribbean and politics and geopolitics, as well as other random content I like showing you guys here. For example, it's a cool video. World record swing su wingsuit flight 7.5 kilometers over Mont Blanc. I got the video on my page. Guys, Anyways, guys, thank you very much for tuning in and take care.